You'll know when you have a wild woman. She'll practice her craft without boundaries. She is truly autonomous. Her loyalty is only to the family she serves, a midwife who will not allow herself to be held back by a system she didn't create. This podcast is for the birth keepers who want to grow and change. We're open to learning through self-reflection and supportive community. We are creating this space to explore without judgment. We are remembering we were born wild. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Born Wild podcast. We're your hosts, Sophia, Leah, Clover, Nina, and Emma. And today we have with us Gina. I'm very excited to share her story with you. Will you just jump in, Gina, and kind of tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? And Yeah, thank you. Wow. So first of all, it's a real pleasure and honor to be with the Born Wild team. <laughs> I love the name. And um, yeah, so I'm a... Uh, Let's see, my, my official titles, perinatal psychotherapist, EMDR certified, community organizer, ceremonialist, nurse. Wow. That's all? <laughs> trained, in, trained in shamanic and uh, Buddhist cross-cultural healing practices. So anyway, uh, yeah, so... I was called to birth at my birth. You know, that's where I was called to birth work. And I came into the world uh, in a very hard way that sadly is not that unfamiliar right now. And my mom and I were over anesthetized and uh, we actually almost died, but we didn't. Wow. Yay. <laughs> so, and so, um, and so I felt that I was born March 20th and I really feel that connection with the stars and the planets and spring and, and the deep honoring and loving of our eggs and our passages, whatever happens with them. And so, uh, whether they give fruit or they don't or everything in between, and so I really wanted to have a child, but I kept having these panic attacks uh, around pregnancy. And, um, and I had a big variety of feelings and experiences. One of the experiences I had when I was a nurse, when I was 24 at the Oakland Naval Hospital, which is no longer there, is this beautiful, I wanted to say Saint, this beautiful woman uh, on this huge ward gave birth like, like we all can, you know, but aren't necessarily supported to in a million ways to do so. And somehow she had had the blessing of knowing how to do it. And so there she was in this huge ward there were, I don't think anybody else in that ward that day. And she, she had this long hair and, you know, she really looked like the goddess, which is what birthing women, when they're really supported and have what they need look like, you know, amazing. And she wasn't really making a lot of sound. It would have been fine if she had, but the point is 
she gave birth with so much grace and light. And I got to witness that. And so until I witnessed that, and this is, you know, a lot to do with my work and the memory and how much we can transform and heal. Until I got to witness that, I had never had a positive imprint about birth in my neurobiology. And so I witnessed that and all of a sudden I wanted to have a baby. Whereas before I had vowed that I would never have a baby coming from that trauma that I wasn't conscious of, but was in me. So time passed. Um, I was always active in leftist politics and women's health organizing. The Berkeley Women's Health uh, Collective was one of the most beautiful organizations I was ever in where we really gave women the information that they weren't being given of how to take care of themselves. Is this a lot more than you were hoping for, Sophie? <laughs> okay, all right. So anyway, and then one day. <laughs> so anyway, so um, time passed and, you know, I was looking to understand and to heal, but not really consciously. I was just, that was probably in my, container. And what was the first kind of healing? I think, God, you know, I was working at Kaiser San Francisco. I was a nurse on the postpartum ward. Now this is going to jump around as we do. So yeah. And so there I was, and I was seeing these high quote, they were called high risk antepartum prenatal woman. And they were uh, being given phenobarbital. I'm laughing. That's like nurses' black humor <laughs> because it was horrific. You know, they were being given phenobarbital for psychological and spiritual concerns wow. and social concerns. And, um, and of course, some of them actually had physiological concerns, but we know it's all connected. You know, it's not black and white. And so, um, I witnessed this and I was learning at the time how to do meditation that it was called applied meditation. And it was a way of uh, visualization, guided imagery and relaxation. And when I discovered, and cause I had chronic eczema all over my body, which was part of my anxiety from a number of sources and traumas, including my birth trauma. So, so at 31, it went into full bloom and, or younger actually around 28, whatever. And so, and so um, I was learning this amazing practice that I was experiencing as so transformative on a personal level of how it would help me feel safe enough to change my life into healthier patterns. And then also my body was changing into a more relaxed, peaceful experience. So I thought, well, I want to teach these women how to do this. I want to teach these premature labor women and these high blood pressure women how to do this. They seem like they could use it. And so, and so it was so cool. I think this was late 60s, early 70s. And so my nurse sisters were like, okay. And so they would cover for me you know, this was on the ward and I would go in there and spend 15 minutes with a woman teaching her these practices. And, you know, they all were interested. And then I began to notice many of them, their symptoms would start to get better 
And so then I lobbied for, I think it was three years, felt like five years, could have been five years to, um, to offer a high-risk pregnancy stress reduction group to uh, Kaiser San Francisco patients. And, and I did, and that was, I taught nonviolent communication, a bunch of stuff, but mainly I taught the guided imagery. And, you know, the woman had beautiful, significant healing experiences. And then along that time, uh, or maybe a few years later, I got my master's in transpersonal counseling. And at some point I met Gail Peterson who wrote, uh, she's like one of the grandmothers like I am of this stuff. And so she wrote a book, uh, many books with Lewis Mill um, and some on her own, holistic pregnancy, easier childbirth, whatever. And she had this guided imagery stuff really down. She really did some beautiful work with it around pregnancy in general and healing birth trauma and everything. And so I did some apprenticing with her. And so I was beginning to learn more how to work on an inner level and how that was affecting our reproductive experiences. Oh, then what happens? <laughs> so, <laughs> I hadn't yet put it together into a healing birth model, which I ultimately did. So for now, I'm just going to jump to that. So let's see. So years passed. Oh, yeah. So one of the things I did, which was relevant is um, I was, a, I mean, I'm not sure how it's relevant to people, but as I say it, we'll see. So <laughs> I was a community organizer for in the public health department of Contra Costa County and also a, mm, I would work with the staff for renewal because there was such a high level of trauma in that community in Richmond, Pittsburgh and Antioch. And so the woman, the perinatal professionals and the, the clients all needed the same practices, which is still true now. Yeah. <laughs> you can say, you can, nobody can see the podcast. You can say, I just growled. So anyway, so, so, um, so what happened was we, we were doing these, um, cell, uh, let's see, prenatal education and support circles in all the clinics. And, but I was also doing the same thing with the staff. It was called consultation or they gave it some staff and whatever, they gave it some name and that's what I was doing. And so, so people really gained a lot of skills and a lot of trauma was able to be mediated and reduced. Uh, and mostly I was teaching at that point the guided imagery, but I was also picking up other trauma-informed practices that helped. And I was always circling back as I do now that really to shift the field, we need to know how to heal ourselves and be supported and honored in that, you know? So anyway, so then that happened. And then ultimately I founded and then co-founded a perinatal depression to wellness network for Contra Costa County because there was no emotional health services for a woman. And, you know, Contra Costa County, like many counties, is just full 
of beautiful woman warrioresses who really care. They're on the front lines. And so we were really able to connect and, and with our focused heart attention and our intention, we ultimately got 20,000 women a month, emotional hair, uh, emotional hair services, emotional, <laughs> emotional care services. And uh, it's all related, I'm sure. And, <laughs> and so, um, so that was good. So, but what I was noticing was I still didn't feel like I was really bringing forward um, the wisdom of how to heal because just like alcoholism and uh, opioid addiction, it is very hard to train staff and others about that because so many people have it. And so there's resistance and which is normal. So let's talk about trauma just for a second. It's normal to, for most people to never want to heal trauma because, in their, because the experience was horrible and they don't wanna go back to it. Like that's actually common sense. And most people don't realize there are nourishing, safe, effective ways to heal trauma. Most people actually don't know that. And it really helps when they find that out because then they do it. And then like with myself, it transforms your life. Oh yeah, I didn't say. And ultimately I learned enough that I felt safe to have a home birth in my home of my beautiful son. Ultimately I learned enough. Yeah. Though, though I didn't learn as much as I needed to. And I love saying that because it's so humble living. And, you know, all of us have so much wisdom and good intention, but we also are caring so much from our lineage and we're living in such an incredibly disconnected culture. So, um, so when in that timeline did you have your son? Yeah, 1987. So he's 35 now, 34. <laughs> and, and, um, and, and so what happened was I actually had horrible, well, not horrible. I mean, it all feels horrible to us, <laughs> whatever, you know, I had painful PTSD for at least two weeks where I had some pretty strong symptoms. And I had also, including OCD, I had wonderful support and amazing support which I'm sure helped mediate it. And I did the guided imagery practice every day. Uh, Are you talking about you had PTSD like postpartum for two weeks? Yeah, and, and um, the, I know the reason why, because later I learned how to heal what caused it because I had never done yet the healing on my own birth. So when I gave birth to my son, it stimulated in my neurobiology, the memory of when I almost died. And, and, and my association was coming out, giving birth, everything dies, mom dies, I die, it all goes. And so trauma is in our body. It's not in our cognitive mind. It's in our physiology system. So, 
I, you know, I didn't have that understanding then. I didn't know how to heal that. I didn't even know how to work with trauma triggers. So I was convinced, like nothing would have convinced me anything else that my husband was leaving. You know, we're <laughs> but you know, I was convinced of that because of that thing. So, so, so ultimately, I learned how to heal trauma. I really learned the neurobiology of it. I learned that there's many ways to do it. And, and that came, you know, after I had worked at the county, it was like, you know, this is all good what we're doing, but we really need to know how to heal trauma because, you know, the root causes so much pain and suffering and it causes pain and suffering in our relationships with our babies and our children and on and on and on. And then, um, and then, you know, I had had a lot of experience with perinatal psychology, which now is, uh, it's confusing to talk about it because now it's referred to a lot uh, by Postpartum Support International. You know, I, if I have taken their courses, I'm a perinatal psychotherapist, but actually in the old days, and I haven't figured out a way to talk about all of this gracefully, so I'm putting it out in this awkward way. In the, in the old days, you were a perinatal psychotherapist if you were aware that prenatal beings have consciousness and that you can work with them. And so that's the kind of perinatal psychotherapist I was, or am, <laughs> was aunt, am. And so, um, so anyway, so within, I guess, a couple of years after retiring from the county as a public health nurse, which was 2010, um, or maybe even before, but anyway, around that time, I put together a, a healing model to heal birth trauma. And then I started offering it at a wonderful midwife's office, Bea Haber. You might know her. She's a beautiful grandmother person like me. And so um, I was offering that regularly and I was noticing it worked. <laughs> well, that's great. <laughs> yeah, much to my joy. You know, I mean, it's like I put it together and it made sense to me, but let's see what happens, you know, but it worked consistently. And so then I was like, okay. So then I wanted to start training birth professionals and I developed the birth spirituality and healing coach program. And I started training birth professionals more how to work with their own triggers, but also how to support women to heal their own birth experiences and integrate them. Because some women have had great experiences, but haven't really integrated them yet. So um, that happened and then now kind of where I am is I've got a three-pronged path and I'll mention that and then I'll stop because I'm sharing a lot and great. see what cook, cooks for you with this. But now, well, you know, there, yeah, I want to get pleasure in here. So yeah, I'll say the three path and the pleasure will come. All right. So <laughs> now, now what I'm doing is... Um, I'm offering addressing trauma triggers webinars to hospital staffs. So, because I so honor the front line of people, nurses and so on, everybody who's on the front line, community health workers. And 
they need more information about that so they can feel safe and renewed to keep showing up and doing what they're doing. And I'm just exploring connections around that and just did something for the New York Presbyterian Columbia's hospitals group. Okay, and then that's, that's one. And then the uh, another one is I'm offering ceremonies. I'm offering ceremony circles. So I'm in the middle of offering a winter ceremony circle that's about renewal and also pleasure, putting pleasure in our soil for what we wanna grow and have come up in the spring. And so there's that. And then um, I also have the sacred basket program, online sacred basket program which is really combining all the spiritual and psychological tools I've learned to support perinatal professionals to come into their wholeness and also be able to reconnect easily and also be able to heal and also be able to grow in their ability to experience pleasure and bliss and help their clients with that. And then <laughs> the third part is I'm a Tibetan Buddhist practitioner that's my main, I don't know, it seems to be my main practice, even though I do some other practices. And so um, Buddhism is in patriarchal jet lag. <laughs> and so, and so death, it's all about death, but it hasn't really integrated birth yet. And I could go on and on about that, I'll go on and on. Just a little bit now. So birth is our original template, you know, our prenatal experience. It's our first imprints. You can heal that at any time, but it's much easier if you are able to start out with it in a soft and supported and clarified way. But either way, I mean, there's no judgment. You know, it's, it's amazing any of us are doing anything. Anyway, so... So, um, so birth, yes. And so, but also like if you're a spiritual practitioner, one of the things you're doing all the time is clearing your field so you can show up as the light that you are for yourself and others and, and experience and live from that place of interconnectedness that we're all connected, that we're really all part, different forms of the same spirit and so birth we actually have the capacity as women when we give birth it's not a should but we have the capacity to experience great bliss and great mystical experiences i know you know all know this when our <laughs> brain waves relax and we go into that amazing you know that's one of our gifts and so i feel like we really need to reclaim that you know, help each other, help each other reclaim that more in our field. And so with Buddhism is, you know, so I'm starting to offer retreats with a dear, beautiful colleague and mentor and friend, uh, Lopan Charlotta Rotterdam at Tara Mandala on with healing birth ceremonies and the spiritual path of birth and motherhood and things like that. And that will grow. So is this more for birth keepers like to support their clients or is it more for like the individual healing the the buddhist uh 
retreat we did last year was for mothers, grandmothers, mothers-to-be, parents. Perinatal professionals are totally welcome. You know, it, it's really quite, it's for anyone who really wants to grow and heal and strengthen the birth field. Mm-hmm. And would you say that the reason you had postpartum PTSD um, was because you hadn't processed your past trauma and you were kind of trying to like skip over and have this glorious experience, but that it wasn't enough? Well, I didn't even know enough to know I was skipping over it. (laughs) I didn't even know it was a thing to address. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't until you gave birth that you realized. It wasn't until much later. Oh, even later than that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So how did you move through the PTSD? Because you mentioned it was about two weeks. How did it just pass or was there something you did specifically? I think the guided imagery helped a lot. I had a lot of support. It's a great question because I never thought much about that. Um, But the truth is, I don't think it totally passed at all. I think uh, you know, like it passed from the acute stage yeah. to maybe a moderate, but I was my poor husband and we've processed this a lot. I was hypervigilant for a year or two and, um, or maybe longer oh. and one, <laughs> and one, because I had a lot of anxiety from previous traumas as well. So whatever. But then at one point um, in my recent life, when my son was 27, so that's seven years ago, and this is something I teach moms a lot, a dear friend and colleague said to me, you know, Gina, it sounds like you disassociated at birth, which I had, you know, right after giving birth. I was like, where am I? And, um, and she, she might hear this. It's okay. We'll laugh together. My beautiful shaman midwife missed that. <laughs> Midwives aren't perfect. They're human. We're all human. <laughs> you can't keep up with it all. And so amazing, right? And so uh, I'm sure I miss things. God. So anyway, <laughs> so humbling. So, uh, so what happened was, let's see, I lost my track being so outrageous and saying that about her you were saying uh-huh. that you dissociated and your midwife had missed it mm-hmm. oh thanks and so so this friend when he was 27 about seven years ago um she said oh and she was a healer so on she said oh gina you were disassociated so you didn't get a chance to welcome your baby from your heart and i i was just like and and so then right then and you know how if you meditate or anything you just are fine with this you know I just went I just went into a relaxed state and went back to the moment when he came out and I welcomed him from my heart Mm -hmm. and not only was that so beautiful for me but it reduced my anxiety in my relationship with my son about 80%. Mm-hmm. 
because up until then, I hadn't known in my limbic system, he was my son. So that was part of that hypervigilance. Are you there? Are you there? Are you there? So I teach that to a lot of women and, you know, it really helps repair their field. And it was profound for me. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that you do EMDR, which I know some about um, just in personal work that I've done, but do you mind explaining that a little bit just to listeners and to all of us sure. what that is? Yeah. So there's a lot of really good trauma healing and trauma addressing practices now at this time. And EMDR is uh, one that's been around for a while, very effective. Its name is kind of, it, what it means is kind of funny. It's eye desensitization, reprocessing, EMDR, accelerated. <laughs> anyway, okay. and um, but really it's bilateral stimulation to the brain. And uh, there's a lot of research that's been done on how effective it is. Nobody really claims to be able to explain why it works exactly. I feel very confident in my own understanding of why it works, which, you know, I, I don't have research to stand necessarily on. I do and I don't, but basically it, uh, it slows down. It, to me, it works just the same as guided imagery or shamanic journeying or anything that, or mindfulness. It slows down the brain waves from a beta frequency where you're talking, drinking coffee, whatever, to um, alpha, which is not that much, you know, it's not like as low as you can go. It's just the next lower place. So you don't have to be able to relax that much to get to alpha. You just have to be able to deep breathe. Most people can do it. High amount of people can do it. And then the, the bilateral stimulation quickly takes your body to that. And so then you can process things while feeling safe at the same time. You actually have two levels of consciousness happening at the same time. The part that can track and the part that can connect with that memory that's been protected and that you have not been able to access in your cognitive ability. But then what hap also what happens in EMDR is the way I do it, everybody does it differently, but I do it very step-by-step step and I make sure people are resourced, which means they learn two practices of supporting their nervous system to feel safe. One is, a support energy and one is a, a protector energy. And so once we call them resources, you know, so once that's established, then um, they can bring that in at any time. And that can, they don't have to like, re, they don't have to replay the trauma. They can process the trauma while feeling supported and protected, which is really different than the original trauma. And then also the thing about EMDR that's so great, and I'm gonna turn off my heater in the room, excuse me, is that um, 
it, you, and with any trauma healing, you don't have to process the whole thing. You just have to process what hooks you. But I find with birth stories, I really sit with women for the whole, I do one-to-one -one EMDR sessions with women about birth stories. And I really sit with them for the whole story because for one thing, you know, the story is honored. This rite of passage is honored. And then for another thing, a lot of little pieces that got fragmented, which is what happens in trauma, gets repaired and reconnected. And then lastly, and maybe most importantly, they're able to claim the strengths of what they actually showed up and did during those births. So, uh, so does that answer your question? Yeah, that's great. And did, I know, Gina, you and I were together and it involves like tapping and did it used to involve lights in your eyes? I have some memory. Yeah. So, so people use a variety of ways. There's even an app I have on my phone that I should use more. <laughs> <laughs> so some, sometimes it's the sound, you just use the sound. And then sometimes I could use my finger like this, back and forth, you know, and they're watching it. And then sometimes you hold a little thing and there's just little tappers and they have this fancy thing with lights, which sounds horrible to me. <laughs> anyway, so there's different ways you can do bilateral stimulation. Mm -hmm. And then I, for years before COVID, I was doing Zoom sessions and I found, I discovered by trying it out that you can just tap your legs and it does the same thing. And so would you guys like to learn a resourcing practice? And would you ladies like to learn a resourcing practice? Yeah. Okay, so I'm just gonna teach you one right now so you get the feeling of it. And then you can also offer your clients this if you want to. So, because the thing is you don't wanna tap, tap, tap forever because then you're gonna to start to process which is not resourcing. You just want to tap as, you know, either for a very short time because it works really quickly or just um, as long as it feels good. Okay, so you're going to do bilateral tapping after I explain it to you and you can do it butterfly hug or you can do it on your legs. I hope you can see with my hands, it's one leg and then the other. And then, so take a moment and get in touch with an energy of, of either support or protection. We're all different. So some of us would like to get in touch with one and some of us would like to get in touch with the other. And so today we'll just do one of them. So the support energy, and now you're not tapping, you're just getting in touch with the energy. So the support energy is someone who will hold you if you're falling apart and you really feel supported. But it could be an ancestor, a pet, a spiritual being, a tree, and so on. It's really whatever energy gives you that. The protector is someone that has your back and can advocate on your behalf and can push what you don't want in your field away. Okay, so let's take a moment, be quiet and pick, is it gonna be protector or support? And then once you've made that choice, pick what it is, pick what is it? 
Okay. Now, any questions before we go on? Not mine. Yeah, you're good. Okay. So now, so now what you're going to do, I'll say it first and then we'll do it together. What you're going to do is you'll get it, you'll start to connect with your support or your protector resource, how you are now, not trying to change how you are now, just with how you are now. And then you'll just tap about six or 12 times. Don't worry about counting, just a little bit, connecting more with that resource. And then you'll pause and see how you feel. Okay, here we go. Beginning to connect with the resource. And now just tapping in more of that connection. When you feel complete, take a moment to notice how you feel and then come back. We need a disclosure. Anyone listening while driving to the podcast should not attempt. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Important. How was that for you all? just wondering if you're willing to share did you experience any shift in your body experience my protector is always my mom and um, it just like feels like the weight off my shoulders mm -hmm. beautiful anybody else i had like a flush of warmth right on my chest which i don't know if that was related or not but yeah like right in terms of like the center of my body felt a little warmer than before. Yeah. And did that feel good or uncomfortable? It felt good. Great. Worked for you. Yeah. <laughs> like an extension, like just a little bit bigger in my skin than I did before, which was definitely beautiful. Yeah. So you see how quickly it works. And the more you practice it, the more it's available to you. And so, you know, people use it. I always give this example. One of my students used it. The woman went to the triage room. She was ready to give birth and there was no space in the triage room. She started to freak out, but she knew how to tap because the doula had taught her. And so they tapped and she calmed down. And I think, you know, that's just such a clear example of how you're nipping a cascading problem that could have blossomed negative all the way on from there in the bud. So helpful for parenting struggles too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely use it in family relationships. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gina, thank you for um, joining us. I want to make sure that anyone who wants to utilize any of your resources have access to it. Will you just kind of list those again, like your website and where people can find you and we'll make sure to include it in the show notes, but just so people yeah. hear. Wonderful, thank you. So um, birthspiritualityandhealing.com is my website. 
And, um, you know, I'm offering the one-to-one healing birth sessions. And then I also, for mamas and perinatal professionals. And then I also am offering the Sacred Basket Online program for spiritual and psychological sustenance and growth. And I'm going to add mentoring sessions so people can work through more. And then I'm offering the ceremonies. And next year, there'll be a retreat at Taramandala again on the spiritual path of birth and motherhood. How fun. <laughs> Everyone's craving oh, retreats right now. Yeah. We're like, gather, <laughs> gatherings? Yes. Good, good, good. Well, um, do I have another moment to talk about the spring ceremonies? Oh, yeah, go yeah. for it, please. Yeah, so they're going to be beautiful because not only will they be renewal ceremonies, which is always beautiful, but also, you know, in these ceremonies, we're doing a little teaching. So this time I'm going to invite Sheila Kamara Hay from Ecstatic Birth, who really has a beautiful understanding of how to cultivate the ability to uh, experience pleasure and wonder in our sexual reproductive systems. And so it really will be bringing that life force energy stronger in us will be that combination. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, all of you. Yeah. It's, I, you know, honestly, it's very touching to me to just meet you briefly and thank you so much for showing up to welcome babies and moms and families the way you are. We always are um, shocked that we get to do this for a living. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's special. Um, we always end with um, three questions though. Um, so little surprise, <laughs> surprise questions for you. Yeah. Um, so if your belly button had a superpower and you could push it and anything could happen, what would it be? Is a really serious question. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's such a great question. Oh. That we would care for each other in the earth. <laughs> Right. Question number two, uh, if you could go back in time and speak with your teenage self, what advice would you give her? Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> if someone with teenage daughters, it's not good advice. <laughs> no, I know, I know. I, I, like, I like the uh, caveat you put in. Probably. <laughs> I would never speak to my own daughter like that. <laughs> Don't go for it. You asked. <laughs> and then the final question is, what is your most unpopular opinion? What is my most unpopular opinion? Great. I just want to say with the go for it, I do. I have to caveat it. Go for it with self-love. That's what I want to say there. Okay. So, um, Wow. So I think my, my most unpopular opinion, there's a few of them, but the one I'm going to pick that I don't really, you know, here I feel safe to do it, but to be a safe person for a lot of people, I haven't necessarily advertised this, but 
I feel like with abortions that we, uh, you know, we make decisions about whether to have abortions or not with um, integrity and with great, um, it's not easy with, with, it's very difficult. And I definitely feel like uh, we abort living beings and that it's totally possible and appropriate to continue the relationship with them and to have them know why we're doing it and to be in love and connection about all of it. So um, I have a sense that would be pretty unpopular in some circles. Yeah. <laughs> some, everything is unpopular to someone. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But no, but mm -hmm. I, yeah, I think the idea that it's, even if it's a choice that feels true, doesn't make it easy. Yeah. No. And honor yeah. that, that process. That's beautiful, actually, to feel. Well, it was so great to connect with you, Gina. And thanks again for, Thank you. for joining us. And um, Thank you. You all are fun. Okay. <laughs> have a great day. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You can find us at Born Wild Podcast on Instagram. For inquiries or feedback, you can email us at bornwildpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me, Emma Ray, on Instagram at Emma Ray, R-E-A. Sophia at sophiabirth.com. And me, Leah, at Bay Area Home Birth. We would really appreciate it if you would rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps us reach more people. And as always... Stay wild. Stay wild.